Ah, oh, the fan service. We all know it. It's everywhere. You can't escape fan service. And I'm Izzy. And this is the first episode of Trope Time, a podcast where we try to analyze problematic tropes in the nerddom media. Yeah, looking at all kinds of different um, sources. We're going to be talking about anime, which of course is going to be influenced by Japanese culture. We're going to be talking about American stuff. So I'm really excited about this talk. Yeah, and our first episode is going to be dedicated to fan service. Ah, the fan service. We all know it. It's everywhere. You can't escape fan service. But, I mean, fan service as defined by the lovely resource TV tropes um, is the use of sex or sexualized situations to reward or entice viewers. While the specific term fan service arose from the anime community, the concept is far, far older. Most fan service is seldom explicit or graphic. That is the territory of pornography. Instead, it uses sexuality or hints at sex, often in a funny or comedic way to tease and titillate the audience. This is traditionally associated with female characters, but fan service of male characters isn't uncommon either yeah so it's overall most fan service is problematic because it's it's a power yeah. thing so let's talk about let, let's distinguish for our our listening audience the difference that we're going to be talking about as far as fan service in a live action yes and fan service in an animated setting which obviously creator artist has full domain on what's happening live service at least you have like a human being and a network that's like we can't show this because of standards or not yeah fan service seems to be more apparent in um in movies i mean it's in tv as well but movies can get away with a lot more than in television yeah i mean not obviously we're in a brand new era of all things um on the tv realm tv use as a loose term, more streaming service. I mean, there's just so much out there that is content that can be consumed in so many different ways now that I think you're absolutely right that it, those things that were prohibiting it from being on network television in the United States in particular um, are breaking down because they just ha- they can't compete with Netflix, with the Hulu, with Amazon Prime, with all these other um even just domestic sources. And that's not even taken into account like Crunchyroll and all these other DRVs, all these other services that you could also access to get even more content. HBO Go. HBO Go. Showtime has their thing where you don't even have yeah. to cable anymore. You just pay mm-hmm. directly. And as long as you got internet, some way, somehow, you can get your Showtime, you can get all those things, stars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I definitely think that that has pushed uh, fan service to a whole new level. Yeah, most fan service as the um, 
as uh, we explained earlier, is um, towards the male gaze. Um, Cis het male gaze. So like, quote unquote, straight dudes. Straight dudes. Um, I mean, as traditionally, media has always been skewed towards cis het male guys. Male male dudes. Yes. Uh And a lot of it puts women in uncompromising positions. There are questions of consent, a lot of consent, because a lot of it seems to be, um, you know, camera gazes that just linger a little too long on the butt or on the breast area or, you know, accidental upskirt shots, Um, especially like in, in anime particularly uh, th- there's always that scene where the girl falls on top of the male character and all of a sudden the male character can either you know see down her shirt or you know or everyone else can see her ass because yes. her skirt somehow also continues with inertia of Agreed. her back or you know the wind blows it up and everybody can see everything up her skirt. So there's always this um, consent issue going on with fan service. And um, a lot of women are also put into compromising positions and it's just very uncomfortable. And um, it treats women as objects to be consumed rather than giving them agency to choose whether they wanna show those parts of their body. And yes, it's hard because many of these are fictional characters. So fictional, especially animated or drawn characters, it's hard to talk about consent because that is left up to the creators. But more often than not, um, if it's a cishet white you know, male creator, um, they probably won't know the experiences of a woman and they just want to it's it's easy to get numbers if you show fan service. Right. I mean, and marketing has had this for a really long time. There have been studies about objectifying the female body and showing it in its parts in just advertising because the, the, you know, Don Draper would say sex sells type of deal. You know, like they know that the majority up until recently, at least in the States, of people who had economic power, buying power were mostly male and mostly white males. So for the longest time they they were the only people that made it with the breadwinners. Exactly. We're technically allowed to make the money enough to then spend on things. And so advertising was geared on gearing their sexual urges up. And so you have a lot of studies where they just have countless imagery in print media and magazines where it's like the woman doesn't even have a head. Yeah. Like they cut her off at the neck. She's just a vessel, like a thing. And then like, she'll be naked and they're like selling a watch and you're like, okay. Cause that makes sense. Cars, especially cars are always associated with like mm-hmm. women bikinis, just like sitting around. Yeah, like if you have this car, you will attract women. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, sure. 
And then you'll have all these things, like one of the things that really riled me up, um, and I feel like this was Warner Brothers just figuring out how can we make Wonder Woman fail? One, we're not going to promote it until like the week before it comes out. And then Mm -hmm. two, we're going to gear our initial promotion campaign in the worst way possible. So if you guys didn't see the very first image of Wonder Woman's movie poster is her standing in profile. Nothing wrong with that. From the neck up, complete black, like a portrait, like an old timey portrait where it's just the outline of her side view. And then all of a sudden, unknown light source from the WW on her chest, her entire bodice, and even her boots have this light source that seems to be emanating from above her, but does not illuminate her face. And you're like, really, guys? This is one Wonder Woman who's an Amazon in canon and is gorgeous. Two, it's Gal Gadot, who is freaking gorgeous. And you see all of the DCEU, uh, the comics and all the other things were like, oh, you know, Wonder Woman, you always see her. You see her because she's lit. But in this case, you saw all of the Zack Snyder DCU movie posters. And yes, they're all dark because Zack Snyder loves that Instagram filter. But the male face, even in shadow, was still viewable. So whether you were looking at Batman or Superman, you st- and they were all in shadow because Zack Snyder loves him, that desaturated look, you could still see their features on their face. You could see where their nose was. You could see their mouth, their eyes, which way they were looking. And in Wonder Woman, entire blackout overhead. And it was just bodice glistening from a light unknown. Of course, this hits the interwebs and Twitter went crazy. I myself tweeted about how this was ridiculous. And then the next one they came out with, it's her kind of looking not straightforward, kind of on an angle, but at least she was lit evenly throughout the entire body. Because you're like, what is going on with you guys? And what they were doing was like, oh, well, we got to get all the guys to come see it because only the women folk are going to try to go see Wonder Woman. Even though her 20 minutes were the best minutes period of Batman v Superman. And that's the end of that Wonder Woman rant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, outfits um, in general, in especially in uh, comic books, yeah. Um, they leave something to be desired. They uh, really do. And it makes cosplaying them very difficult because these are not realistic garments. And so, I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it does. Um, and it makes you wonder how practical they are. I mean, it, there's the debate going on in the video game sphere as well. Um, a lot of, you know, men get upset when they're like, well, I can't tell she's a woman because of her armor. But it's like yes. no actual like knight armor. have like boob armor. Like, why would you expose all of your right. your vitals like that? Makes that makes no sense. That's counterintuitive, you guys. Like World of Warcraft, a lot of boob armor there. Um, and I mean, recently there was um, Kotaku posted an article about the new Soul Calibur that was featured at E3 and how. Um, was it Sonia? No, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking, it's Ivy Valentine. Um, 
her armor is just barely there, barely yeah. there. Um, and it just seems so out of place in, especially this past E3, which was so, um, it sucked less. Yeah, it sucked less. There was a lot of different representation, you know, of different types of women and, and seeing Ivy, it, it was just kind of like a shock. Like, yeah, it's like, read the room, guys. Like, did you not realize? I mean, granted, they've probably been coding and developing this game for like two years. But well, even then, I mean, all the other games that were there also yeah. were. So, I mean. It's also Soul Calibur. And I mean. It, it's, it, it's nice if you have an option. If your only option yes. is armor. Yes, then, if you have different skins and you decide to do the one, then okay, fine as a player. But like, if that's the only skin you're given, yeah, exactly. Like Overwatch does a very good job of have of representing so many different body types and different um, different styles, mm-hmm. and you can have so many different types of skins for each character, so everybody's comfortable. But when you only feature scantily applied women which has been the norm for so long for so long and it's been so hard to and then people wonder why women don't want to occupy the same space or when we do because there's a bunch of women gamers we're just super covert about it yeah exactly because we don't want people Mm -hmm. You don't want to deal with the vitriol that is there. That is very, very much there. Heaven forbid. I mean, it's only been recently that we've had a voice and been able to speak out. But prior to this, if you spoke out, you were just yelled down to. And you're still sort of yelled down to. But at least I feel it's women players are less apt to shut down completely because Mm -hmm. now we feel a little bit more like we've got more numbers on our side of voices since Gamergate, which will be a whole other podcast we're not getting into fully into yet. Um, but I, I feel like it, it's not completely resolved, but at least there's more pushback. You're getting a little bit more um, traction, which is why, because the big three want to continue to make money, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo. Well, Nintendo's not as bad. Like, you know, they've always skewed Although, more like, they could, they have the option... But to make a female version of Link and, and yeah. you know... They also that. are the ones who always have, you know, Camcom's Resident Evil, which you're like, why are you wearing that outfit if all these things are just trying to get into your blood? Oh, yeah. You know, but again, that's yes. a whole other thing, fan service. Because they're, but because these, the pressure on the market that consumers are now demanding as female gamers are demanding this because they have buying power. It's like, no, I don't want to see this all the time, which is, I think, what is pushing that new wave that we saw at E3 with mm-hmm. more representation and more diversity um, and different types of content, not just like, all right, everything's going to be a shoot 'em up Like we have different types of games as well being kind of promoted on the big showcases, which was hardly ever the case. Yeah, it seems like the games that were um, that came mostly from European or um, America or Canada, they seem to be doing a very good job in representation. Um, it's just mostly Japanese games, and I mean, we can shift this over to anime. 
Um, there's always there's that beach episode. <laughs> yeah, there's always that beach episode where every character, you know, all the girls are in bikinis and they they bounce in very unnatural ways. Yeah, um, the physics is very disturbing. I don't know what gravity is doing over there in Japan. Yeah, um, there's always the beach episode, and you know, it's one thing if the character is turning around and being super flirty and um, consenting to showing With off agency, stuff, yeah. yeah, using, you know, their sex appeal. Um, it's another when it's like something accidental or embarrassing. I mean- Or a camera angle. Or in a camera a, angle. Cameras. Camera <laughs> angles are actually, to me, they're the most disturbing. They are. Because like, that Creepers. is just, is it voyeurism? Yes, it's voyeurism. Yeah, exactly. Because I've been to Tokyo Game Show three times. And each time I saw men, because there's still booth babes there. I saw men still actively, like not even trying to be discreet about it. One of their friends will talk to the booth babe and the other two will like stick their camera phone like up her skirt. Um, I made it a mini game for me to just accidentally walk in front of them. Nice. But it was like, yeah. It, I mean, you see it in anime all the time now. Right. And, and so and it normalizes, like, oh, well, I could totally do this. Like, this is a thing. Yeah. It, it seems very normalized and it's very, it, it's not cool. There, there's no consent there. Mm-hmm. Um, the I read, sh- I mean, I read a thing actually um, that one of the things that the camera, not the camera, the phone. The phones in Japan the are phones required. phones in Japan are they, required to have a camera click sound. Yes, they are. When I lived That's what over I was there, to say. Thank you. Um, like, yes, they are required to have a click sound because it was a bad problem of guys sneaking in, you know, underneath, um, going into women's bathrooms actually and putting cameras underneath stall doors which by the way it's also now mandated where stalls go all the way down go all the way down all the way down and all the way up almost to the ceiling how bad is it that the companies that make phones are like we need to take care of this situation and do it in such a proactive way like how bad is the scenario and i think was it korea south korea this year I, i don't know if it was last month where like 40,000 women protested and had a huge march for the yeah. same thing, that they were just sick and tired of all these guys taking up shirt shots, uh, up skirt shots. shots of them. That is a tongue twister. Like um, they'll, they'll be around escalators. Yeah. Or even like on the subway, you know, because it's so crowded. Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in Japan, there are female only cars during um, business, like very busy hours. So. Right. Only you can bring a guy with you if he's like your husband or something like that. Right. But a random guy can't just like a solo know. guy can't just yeah. saunter in. Yeah. They it have to, to be, be accompanied male. Yeah. I okay. wish those cars were available at all hours, but unfortunately they're not. But money, money. It, yeah. It, it, I mean, instead, instead of teaching men to just not do it, these are the tactics uh, that have come And up. there lies 
the drama with misogyny. And the thing is, like, anime especially makes light of these all the time. Right. Like, it normalizes like, the upskirts. Like, the girl usually becomes a, quote-unquote, tsundere. You know, smacks them. Yeah. For, for our audience. What, what does that mean? It, it's a girl who plays basically hard to get. She's like, I hate face. you. I hate you. <laughs> but actually, I like you. But I'm going to treat you like shit. But... Actually, I like you, which is a whole nother trope we'll deal with later. That's problematic, but yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, now we've talked a lot about women. I do want to bring one thing up Mm -hmm. and then I will move on from upskirts because freaking upskirts. All right. So a couple of months ago, you, we worked out me reviewing a game. It was called Blue Reflections. Mm-hmm. And I tried my hardest to really like this game because it was like a split personality. So the story was really great. It was all about empowering female relationships. Young girls should deal and process their emotions mm-hmm. and not bottle it up because that's unhealthy and it causes you harm. And you should surround yourself with a supportive group and not be catty and all this great stuff. In middle school aged girls, by the way. However, the, the visual and artistic director had a completely different script in mind. So your protagonist, whom you play, is a fallen ballet dancer. She blew out her knee and so no longer can do ballet. She's at an all-girls school, again, middle school aged, which obviously has uniforms. And the game forces you to walk around the campus of the school, go up ladders. I mean, not ladders, go up the stairs. And then you've got the upskirt angle. And you're like, well, you forced me to go up these damn stairs. Um, they'll be talking. There'll be like three girls talking. And all of a sudden the camera will be on the floor looking up at all three of them for no reason. And they're talking about heartfelt feelings during this entire visual. And then at random times, every other day, really not so random. It rains and you have to run outside and you always forget an umbrella. So now you're running around in a wet white t-shirt with colorful different bras, you know, to go all the way to the end of the basketball court to be like, oh my God, you need to go towards the library. And then you turn right, right around and then go talk to the library person. Like the only reason you went out is so that you have this wet t-shirt. At night, you have three options. Because you have to progress the game. Before you can go to sleep, you can either take a bath, which is a gratuitous back shot, and then like just above nipples in the cleavage. Um, she can, quote unquote, stretch, which is her doing a split for a prolonged period of time because she's stretching for a ballet that she doesn't actually do anymore because she blew out her mm-hmm. knee. Or you can do homework. And if you choose homework, it yells at you. It's like, why are you such a bore? And you're like, I'm doing homework. I didn't want to be in the creepy bathroom. Um, And then it just sits on you in your pajamas sleeping for an eerily long amount of time. Just watching you sleep. And you're like, I would like to go to the next day, please. Um, So instead of that, like, you know, you're playing Final Fantasy. Oh, I'm going to go to sleep. And then it's up here on the next day. No, it's like, we're just going to creepily watch you sleep for a little bit. You know, now that you mention it, I was just reminded of a game, Occupus Strip, where you fight 
people and their clothes come off. Because, you know, that happens. Like, that that seems to be a common theme when people are damaged, their clothes just get completely shredded bits. Um, But to other people. Mm-hmm. Like Hulk Hogan would rip his own shirt. Yeah, yeah. What happens to other people? I, I mostly see it to in, for women, um, especially like even in One Piece games, like they they get their clothes torn off. It happens to the guys too, but not as much as to the women. Yeah, um, and I also feel like the degree of articles of clothing that are shredded off mm-hmm. differs than from males. Yeah. Um, it's not like all of a sudden the guy is in just underwear and tidy whities mm-hmm. Like he'll have like still shorts. Like even Hulk who has magical, you know, fabrics because mm-hmm. he hulks out, but his shorts still, I mean, his pants still stay Bermuda shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Um, there's actually a, a cell phone game that I play that's popular in Japan and popular here, but there's no English version yet. Token Rambo. And where you, when your avatar, no well, avatars, um, when your party members, uh, become low in HP, they will um, strip clothes, but they still have, it's mostly just the chest. Um, so it looks more like they're just going to the beach. Then, like, and now it's time to strip. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Where a lot of the ones with women, like there's barely, the boobs are out. Like you're just barely covering nipples. Well, you're like, and, how should I phrase this? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I'm all for boobs. Like I really yeah. am. Boobs yeah, are great. Yeah. I mean, personally, I like, wish boobs would be desexualized because that's the problem. That's the problem. Like we can't see female nipples, but we can see male nipples. And technically, if you get a image of female breasts and Photoshop male nipples onto them, the sensors won't block it from facebook what, and instagram real? like for real i think like there was a thing i was looking at a couple months ago where they were like are you kidding us with this what yeah <laughs> how do you even tell oh because the areolas are different they're just flatter it's, it's still... there's no curvature to them isn't that ridiculous that's ridiculous that's yeah. ridiculous yeah they did um, it in protest because a bunch of like um i want to say it was like breast cancer survivors <laughs> were posting pictures in which, like, if they had, like, a mastectomy or something like mm-hmm. that, or a lumpectomy, and then, or if they had the tattoos, because, you know, they oh, do wow. reconstruction yeah. where they will tattoo an areola so that it looks like a natural breast. Mm-hmm. And, like, Instagram and Facebook, because they're the same thing, started blocking those accounts as um, questionable content, da da da, and, like, blocking these people. And so they just did the Photoshop and put it up, then get blocked. And they're like, are you serious with this double standard, you guys? Wow. Um, Sorry, that was a really good tangent, but it was a tangent. All right, so yeah, back to yeah. boobs. Yay, boobs, but... The other thing I was going to bring up is the anime Keijo, which was... has a pretty loyal following, uh, at least for the manga. Um, it is an anime with girls in high school, so underage girls, that use... They're in bathing suits, on floaty islands and pools and you have to knock your opponent off into the water which sounds really fun until you realize the whole sport is you can only use your breasts and your butt like you can't use your hands 
You can't use your legs. You have to use your breasts and your butt. So like- It just sounds really painful, I gotta say. Big-breasted women are like using their momentum and swirling to like knock people off. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, And I guess like in, in when we were talking about consent earlier, yeah, all the women are consenting to this sport in the anime, but it's still meant for the male gaze. Right. It's like, yes, oh, you know, I wrote them to want to do this, but did they really have a, like, that's, it's really hard with creating content that way because it does become very, well, who is the creator and what Mm -hmm. are they injecting into the content that they're bringing into the world? Well, what baffles me is there are actually- it just sounds painful. Like, I'm sorry. Like, no, they're very sensitive. Like, why are you just smacking? Like, I don't know. Well, there's actually, I, have a, I forgot to bring this up earlier. There's actually a lot of women who draw um, in this style. Um, other women in, you know, scantily clad clothes. And I wonder if that's just because that's what they were taught. That that is a big problem is that a lot of the guides that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not as bad now, but like when you had to go to school to learn to draw, the models they were giving you were the ones that had been established before, which were like Barbie proportions. You know what I mean? Like granted, the ones we're talking about are way more exaggerated, but they're already a a warped version of the female scale Mm. and proportion. And if you start looking at anime, for a good while, anime's proportions, I mean, I'm talking like 80s and 90s proportions, oh, yeah. were dicey. And so, like, if you wanted to learn to be an animator for anime, the only real source you had material was all that stuff. And so that's what you practiced. And unless you were going to be really creative and do a completely different visual style, like, say, uh, Bleach looks completely different than, like, other stuff, right? Yeah, it's shonen. Right. So then you have, like, unless you're going to be doing that kind of a deal, you're just going to draw what's already out there for the most part because yeah, you're trying to get a job and get paid. See, I wondered that too, but I, at Anime Expo a few years ago, we had a female creator who explicitly, like, her thing was drawing sexy women and her, she was, I think, the creator of the Neptunia series, which is that series uh that game series were all the anthropomorphized video game systems yeah and all girls right cause and she and the creator is a woman and she said she just really liked the style and it being sexy but i don't think she did is the that, character but design. Then that's her gaze no yeah i guess she did that that was her own design but i doubt that she had control over the camera angles Interesting. Yeah, because like you may create a, uh, let's talk about that real quick because the studio system for animation in Japan is completely different than it would be over here. Yeah, um, so the creator, the character designers may be women and they may think, ah, this is really sexy, this is really cool. But in, in, in the end, they don't really get to have a say. I mean, unless they're drawing their own manga. Yeah, in, in like a video the art game, direction might yeah. skew their initial character design by camera angles yeah, and the sort. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're in that industry, 
you'd probably know that there were going to be upskirt shots. So I, I don't know. It's 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 like I I would have to interview more women in that industry to find out how many actually enjoy it or feel like this practice needs to stop or are just kind of status quo and don't want to speak up because right status Fear quo. Losing their job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that I think just empirical evidence of the fact that phone um, manufacturers decided to keep and forcibly keep the click sound of a camera when it's taking a picture mm-hmm. for Japan that you had like 40,000 women in South Korea marching that they're tired of this, that it's probably this one creator is in the minority of what consumers are about, if that makes sense. Like of how it's affecting consumers, because it might not affect her, Mm -hmm. but it may be perpetuating things that are negative for the vast majority of unwilling. Participants in society, which sounds weird, and I didn't mean it to sound weird, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> like um, I willingly participate in society, but I'd like to also shift over to um, fan service for uh, of men, and a lot of their create the creators mm. of that fan service are women. So um, I want to talk about sports anime. Real quick. Yeah. Um, All the exclamation points. Did you uh, see that meme? Yes. Okay, let's talk about the meme real quick because I think it's just, it leads right into fan servicing. So there was a joke once Yuri on Ice came out that you could tell how gay a show was actually going to be by the number of exclamation points it had. And so the one exclamation point was like, they kind of get, their faces kind of get close. When they're quote unquote angry discussioning or whatever, mm-hmm. arguing. Uh, two was like they actually are touching each other's face that were like, you know, like they're like actual physical touch mm-hmm. with each other. And then it was Yuri and Ice, which is like full on kissing. Yeah. Which I thought was awesome. Well, Free has an ex- explanation point. Well, the first season has one. And I mean, we get a lot of male body shots. Like, they are panning all the way up from like crotch to chest to face. There's a reason they chose swimming. Yeah, there's a yeah. reason. <laughs> those, those bathing suits, you know, there's yeah. not much to them. Um, but like, again, it's the camera. Mm-hmm. It's the camera. Um, I mean, and a little can- bit of the story, you know, but it's mostly camera. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, actually, I do like the story a lot because these guys actually have intimate relationships with each other in a friendship capacity, which you don't really see a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people want more. So they put them in situations to imply that there's more to these relationships when they're not. That they're quote unquote roommates. Roommates, <laughs> you know, childhood friends, rivals. And it's it's like just it's very suggestive. Suggestive and exploitative. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it fetishizes, um, it fetishizes uh, gay men. Right. And which is, if I understood our conversations previous to the podcast, Mm -hmm. the primary consumer of this particular show are women? Women. Women. It's, they aren't, I mean, there are gay men who do love it, but the most of them that I've seen are American, but I've also seen backlash because a lot of, I've seen some gay men be like, that's not actually how. Right. Because it's not. Because how could you know that experience when you are not yourself a gay man? Right. So yeah, there's a lot of fan service towards women too. And a lot of it, like, um, in particular, Junjo Romantica, if you want to go into straight up BL, is actually there's this power dynamic between, you know, both characters. There's usually a semi and an uke, and it gets kind of rapey, which is not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and women just seem to fawn all over it. And Now, is that more of Japanese women or is that just like American well, women as well? American women as well. Interesting. There, yeah, just go on Tumblr. Tumblr just, is an interesting place. Yeah, there's actually a huge thing with putting men in women's clothing. I see that huh. a lot, like women's lingerie. Huh. You can uh, you can find a lot of Voltron like Shiro in women's lingerie. How intriguing! Oh, because he's the quote unquote mother of the team. No, because. It's embarrassing for him, and seeing him embarrassed uh, is some sort of kink, I guess. Okay. Um, the more you know, <laughs> don't ask well, me. You know, how there, I know. there is content for everyone out there. There is. Um, but it, it's still, I mean, if you want to go into fan service in, in a um, fan art sense, you know, um, we can do that. But Which is also really dicey because you're taking a pro- intellectual property that's not yours. Yes. And then forcing your own interpretation of that yes. onto the content. The only thing I can see that it would make it better is that it's not for the overall consumer. Most of the time. I mean, Does that make it better though? I, I don't know. Because then you're getting into fetishes and. I mean, I guess as long as it's not exploitative of disenfranchised, like when we're talking about the very vast age difference in some of these uh, media that get kind of rapey, then you're like, dude, that's really like skidding towards kid porn. There, okay. There's a series a few seasons ago. I think it was last year. It was a yaoi and it was a college student in love with his younger sibling who was adopted brother and his adopted brother was in middle school. Yeah, that's kid porn. And they Yeah, yeah. that's kid porn. And I'm just that okay. It, is not, it was really, really gross and creepy. Right, because that just normalizes that activity. And a lot of women loved it. I mean, there's also, if you want to go into weird killing stalking, a Korean comic about a 
psychopath, basically, kidnapping this guy who, by the way, he, he the, the, the guy he kidnapped was actually stalking him for the longest time. Two very unhealthy individuals. Caught, yeah, broke into this guy's house, into the basement, and found a woman tied up. And then the guy, the, the guy he was stalking comes home, kills the woman, and is like, you're my new sex slave. And there's a whole like, like, um, oh my God, why can't it, not Munchausen's, um, well, you fall in love with your abuser. Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome. And people love it. They're like, oh, he truly loves him. Yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's getting a little bit away from fan service. No, but but I, I think fan service is a way that content creators in popular media exploit the internalized unhealthiness, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. like whether it's just internalized patriarchy, internalized misogyny, internalized homophobia or biphobia or whatevs. And then makes like, no, no, but it's okay because I think it's okay. Like, that's how I always feel about certain things. Like, Agreed. I am not a, I'm a feminist and I am not, a, I do not think it's okay to slut shame, right? Yes. But there's a lot of, and then you'll have the counter argument like, well, I see women do it all the time. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's okay. Like that's internalized misogyny. And it takes a lot of work to undo all that programming that we've been given. Um, and women are also allowed to harness their sexuality however they want. If they want absolutely. To that's good for them but it's it's for them it's not for for you it's that right. the, the fan service is about power inflicting yes. your desires on fictional characters yes for your enjoyment exactly Which I mean, and there's a gray line because who's to say because especially with animated characters they can't really consent because they're they're not real but right. when you go into like live action, um, you know, with actors, they technically have a say, but they could get fired. Yeah. If they don't, you know. Right. Especially with a lot more of the testimony that has been coming out from not just women, mostly mm-hmm. women, but also men about how it's all about power, man. I mean, you had Terry Crews come out. That is a big guy and he is ripped and he is strong. He is not weak by any measure of what we in this patriarchy have decided is quote unquote manly. Mm-hmm. And he was abused sexually, assaulted by his agent who controls his livelihood. You know, like that's, that's a thing. You know, that's not just women. And you have a lot of stories coming out where like women or female actors would go ahead and um, in their contract have that they're not going to have a topless scene. Well, I mean, if if you want. And then the director's like, listen, you're doing it or you're doing it. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is Game of Thrones. Like there were so many. We could do an entire episode of trope time just on game of thrones like a lot of bare ass a lot of breasts and then 
who finally said something and we finally got a dick? Like, it was like right before freaking winter came and you're like, we've been waiting for this forever. Yeah. Not like, like the dick, but just parody. Yeah, I was just like... <sighs> and so, it was... And they made it this big deal and you're like, really? The, the one guy we got? Yeah, like, it's a dick. Cool. Still like, doesn't why, balance why, all the rape. I know. I'm just like, why did we have to see so many boobs and ass? I mean, I get you're in a brothel, but like, really? If, I mean, if, if she's going to be naked, isn't this dude like, naked? So can we just not, yeah, can, <laughs> can we just like see? I feel like we should either see both of them because you're in a brothel. And if you want to set up that naked scene, then you should see both. Or none. Or they just have a sheet. Or in their underwear. Like, not this one or the other, which 90% of the time, it's it's the woman sharing her. Like, every sex scene, a lot of sex scenes, always has the woman topless. Yeah. And, oh, let's talk about some tropishness. Stockholm Syndrome, we've already kind of talked about with mm-hmm. doing stalking, which already from the title should have tipped us off that that was going to be problematic. I mean, I'm going to say it's a very good story. But but it's problematic as hell. But it's problematic as hell. And I, I will say that the author in the entire story does not say at any time that, that, is okay. two, that it is okay. Right. It, He's it not is saying true. it's okay. No, she's not saying it's okay. It's just a story that you're seeing, which in that I feel at least that's nice to see. You know, it's the right. fans that are interpreting this way and it's and no, like, is you are the first person that has been like, this is screwed up. When I ever, the, whenever I try to bring this up with fans, they're just like, well, it's not real. So, right. and, and I feel like, like people to, like this, that do this mm-hmm. and think it's okay because they see it reinforced in media. Yes. Which is not fun. So I wanted to very quickly... I won't go into it too much because like, I think we really should do Game of Thrones on yeah. short time because whew, unpack that doozy. Um, Khaleesi is sold, raped, and then quote unquote falls in love with her owner and becomes his queen. That's like what? I, I mean, I could say that that's fan service and that that's a lot of fantasies. That's a lot. Yeah, she's sold yeah. by her brother. She, you know, her brother was a whole other thing. But it's like she has this deep love, and now because he's gone, like they have the whole thing, like you are my moon, and that you are that ah. Sun stars. You bought her with the express purpose of sexually using her. You did that. And now you guys are in love? I don't know. I think there's a lot to unpack there, is all I'm saying. Because that's a huge power dynamic. Now, there is a case to be made that she turned the situation to her favor and was became from powerless to powerful. Eh? But like, did that have to be a plot device? Yeah. Can't, can't she just be like, not a child bride that is raped? I think in this case, we associate a lot of fan service with visual. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's also a lot of story elements that are also quote unquote 
fan service. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think things that are, especially things that are fanfic that have become mm-hmm. their own property, like Twilight and Shades of Grey, do a lot because inherently fanfic has a, a fan service drive of the author yes. themselves, right? Yes. You're doing it to make it the story that you would have wished it was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when that becomes actually the thing being consumed by new people, it gets, there's a lot of like internalized creepiness. Like in Twilight, there's a lot of unhealthy dynamic between the triad, the love triangle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like, I'm going to creepily watch you sleep. I don't know why that's a thing, but it's a thing because it's in a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. I'm just going to sit here and watch you sleep. Okay. I don't know if it's like supposed to make you feel safe. Or that you're not able to consent because you're already asleep before that action takes place. It's like very peeper, peeping Tom, mm-hmm. you know, like because he's literally outside her window, like a creeper staring at her sleep. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's just, I feel like, especially when those things take off, which is why when you and I were looking at Voltron and all the fan service, and then there's like these huge fights between who should be a couple or not a couple. Mm-hmm. And then the problematic dynamics were like, well, Pidge, who is a prepubescent girl, mm-hmm. is then shipped with the oldest person in the entire Shiro, group, yeah. Shiro. And you're well, like... I don't know if you saw that. Have you seen season six? I haven't because the past two weeks have been emotionally draining with everything that's going on. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about it in a future yeah. episode, I swear. I'm just going to say writers got around some problems with Keith ships. Oh, yeah. Keith ships are a whole other two camps out on the internet. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about ships all day. That's a whole other. Which is also, I think, feeding into fan service. Yeah, you and head cannons. Head yes. cannons are fan service. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So let's define a head cannon for those who are not in the know. So what would what would your definition of a head cannon be? A head cannon is a theory that a in hypothesis. your mind or a hypothesis, yeah, that you believe about the story to be true. Right. It hasn't been proven false. It hasn't so been proven. It but, then is true. Yeah, but in your mind, this is your reality of the right. story. And if, if you want to just Google, I mean, I would just head over to Pinterest and go to the geek section and there's a whole bunch of headcanon stuff and it'll legit just says headcanon and then give you the, the property. Like there's a bunch of Marvel ones, which are super weird. But like, yeah. you know, everyone keeps a candy bar around. Yeah, a lot of Steven more. Universe headcanons. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That would be another one. Um, so let's talk about another trope that feels very much for the cishet, I'm going to say 12-year-old, but doesn't really have money, so we'll skew it up to like 16, 18-year-old <laughs> guy to about 30, right? That's what like mm-hmm. all marketers and advertisers used to like drool over. Yeah. 
So you have a lot of scenes. Well, first, obviously, we, we have to acknowledge that there's been scientific studies that show there are not that many women represented in movies and television. No. Shocking, right? No. And so when there's more than one, then all of a sudden, because you're so used to only seeing one, if there's two or three, you're like, whoa, 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 what's with the saturation? But really, there'll still be like 20 other dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have the scenario where there, it's just like an anime that you were talking about with the stupid skirt thing, right? The upskirts. So what I feel the counter or the analogy, rather, not the counterpoint, the analogous aspect of that in, in the States, in live action stuff, is the, I was taking off my shirt. I'm female character, oh. insert babe name. I'm taking off my shirt. And oh no, you can't see me. Turn around, but the camera's still on you. Yeah. So most recently, and the one that really got me all riled up, because you can't mess with my Star Trek. Like, I want my utopian future, is all I'm saying. (laughs) And in the reboot, which for the most part I was all right with, I course like any true fan have issue with some stuff because that's just the way it is um you create a relationship with these characters and these stories and so when it deviates of course you're gonna have feels but thing that annoyed me kirk is in canon a raging bisexual and he loves him some everything he's like lando before we had lando and in the reboots each movie the main intellectual counterpoint to him that is a female has a scene where she has to take off her shirt be in her bra and Kirk either catches her doing that mid-act and she scolds him or before it starts she warns him you can't look but the camera stays on her the entire time to which you're like well why can't he just freaking look because we're looking audience is looking Mm-hmm. So in the first one, it's uh, Zoe Sandel's character who, like, is not even in a relationship with him. She gets home, and apparently the first thing you do if you're in Starfleet Academy is you go into your room and just take off all your clothes and your undies and your bra. Apparently that's a thing. Um, so she proceeds to do this, just walks into her room. Her roommate's there. Kirk is hiding under the bed because apparently this girl brings guys home all the time. To which I would say, well, why is walking in and stripping in a room that she suspects has probably got a random dude in it? And so you like see her feet and then she throws everything onto the floor, the clothes that she was wearing. And then she's like, oh, I hear the mouth breather. And then Kirk pops up and sees her in her underwear. Now, I've had this conversation with a couple of people. I don't know if you've had this, Nikki. Where people are like, well, what's the difference between seeing someone in their bra and panties when they wear bikinis to the beach? Has anyone ever thrown that? Yeah. Little doozy up? And I would say consent. Consent yeah. is the different issue. If you're in your underwear and bra and don't want someone to see you and they see you, you do not consent to that viewing. If you put on a bikini and show up at a beach, you consented to that viewing. Yes. So, girl. In the second Star Trek, they did the same thing with blonde girl who ended up being Commander Pike's daughter who was pretending not to be so that she would get ahead in the academy on her own accord, whatever. 
she tells him, turn around. I have to change into random suit that for some reason she had to change into. And then, but we still see her in her bra and underwear as an audience. And I feel that's absolutely fan service. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to go, that, that actually reminded me of all the shower scenes in every <laughs> single, every single one, every single movie ever. A girl gets in shower. Yeah. I mean, did that start with Psycho? I think, I feel like everybody has done it since Psycho. And I don't then, know. The like, worst, in my opinion, is Porky's. And then, because like, then the girls are like, ha, 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 ha. In yeah. which case, I guess then they consented, but they weren't up to that point. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, in anime, it's because they don't, I mean, there's a lot of showering, but it's mostly baths. It's, <laughs> a lot of baths. baths. A lot of soaking. And then the water comes right above the nipple. Yeah, just right above because I mean right that's how I, you have to have a lot of cleavage. Yeah, yeah, but nothing, nothing holding those boobs together, but somehow you have cleavage, <laughs> and then a leg sticking out with a seductive calf. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're like, I didn't know cats were that sexy, but okay. Yeah, or magical girl shows, the transformation yes. scenes. Yes, transformation scenes that have the zooming into the cleavage and the ass crack. I mean, or reason. just like a a a feminine figure but like minus the nipples and then down there yes. there's nothing there and you they're like weird still... eunuchs yeah i know um i never they're barbie dolls we... they're legit barbie dolls barbies don't have areolas and they don't have a i vagina. just didn't understand why we need to see that in transformation scenes the answer is we didn't but they chose to put it in there to sell yeah, yeah. and we could suck less everyone there's such good shows that don't fall into these tropes of just fan servicing in this way of exploiting and sexualizing characters or their exploit. I feel, but it, oh, go ahead. No, and I feel like it could suck less. In animation, the one that I really hone in on and love, and I'm, I know I'm not alone, is Steven Universe. We've already talked about mm-hmm how amazing that is. And even then, like the creator is identifying as queer mm-hmm. and is writing it from that perspective. You have Garnet, who is the actual fusion of two women that fell in love together. Mm-hmm. So much they wanted to be one and are not badass. I love freaking Garnet. Um, and you have a bunch of different types of relationships being described there, which is cool. They're not just like, oh, we're only this. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, what about Yuri on Ice? Because you know I love me some Yuri. There was a lot of, of kind of flack, especially before, I want to say it was episode eight with the rings. Yeah. Before that episode. In the episode where it, I think Yuri wins, I forget which one he won, but then Victor comes and like hugs him and like the oh, arm blocks yeah. what would be the kiss and, and like the redrew it. Yeah. With the arm down to show the kiss? That was actually a fan that redrew it. Exactly. That's but what I'm saying. The creator confirmed that it was a kiss. Exactly, because he was playing the long game. Yeah. Of, well, actually, they're going to get engaged and are totally gay for each other. Um, relationship goals, by the way. Mm-hmm. Rather, Victor's relationship goals, because for halfway through the season... Uh, Yuri does not know he's in a relationship and that he declared his love because apparently he's a blackout drunk and yeah. forgot the day that he 
seduced <laughs> Victor. <laughs> Which but, makes Victor look like such a creeper in the beginning yeah. episodes because you're like, whoa, guy, what's going on with this? And Christopher, you're like, what's with the touching of his ass? But then you're like, oh, pole dancing and you guys all strip together. I see you've already passed these personal boundaries. I feel like this is a good segue into um, how we would like to see um, fan service addressed and how to fix it. And we talked a lot about the the male gaze and even some female gaze, but I feel like um, there's also a portion of women who enjoy stuff towards the male gaze if if that makes sense like um um, attracting the male gaze you mean yeah like so stuff that was that's traditionally made for the male gaze like you know keijo for example and stuff like that the sign uh that that is the the anime we were talking about earlier with the sport with um the boobs and the butt there are women that actually enjoy this and so it, it's, it brings up, like we were talking about earlier, female creators of the medium. Mm-hmm. Is that internalized? Is that um, them Could it just be that they're lesbian and that's their thing? Because that would match up with the cishet male gaze? I've also known... If that's their thing. Know, I've like, also known straight women who really enjoy it too. So it, it's, it brings up... If it is it internalized misogyny, I mean, it's a gray area. Here. It's a gray area. Yeah, that would definitely yeah. take uh, skilled psychologists to filter through a gazillion interviews and, and get to the pattern. Mm-hmm. But I feel like framework. yeah, this isn't cut and dry. There's no, no. black and white um, because, I mean, like we said before, there's a lot of fetish stuff. Right. And we don't want to kink shame no. or anything like that. Um, as long as there's consent, like that's ultimately yes. what it boils down to. You have to have consent. Agreed. And so it becomes and, problematic when the individuals whom who would be giving consent are not real, not real, and therefore cannot actually give consent. In some exactly. Terms. And so that that's the problem. So I would like I would like less camera angles, less awkward camera angles. Yes. I mean. We stop with the upskirts, please. And in and in true fashion, like our whole show is about liking things, even in but admitting they're problematic. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I liked free. I liked free, and sometimes I like the camera angles, but I'm willing to give that up. Yeah, I read comics, and traditionally they have not been that great for outfits or positioning or proportions on the female. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I feel like if you're going to do the camera angles, try to give it a flare of consent, like them looking down, you know, being like, oh, hey there. You like know? a wink or like a yeah, koi wink. something. Exactly. To give some sort of, you know, actually a very good video game character that dressed sexily and, and was done very well was Bayonetta. Yes, I concur. She had, you know, yes, she had a lot of fan service, but she knew she was hot shit. And she and that's knew what she was. that people were, and she was confident in her sexuality. Right. And she flaunted it, and there was consent there. 
yeah, like I feel like, yeah, as a creator of, of these mediums, you can make it so that it's explicit that, that your character has consent. And it's not like, oh no, this is happening to me, which is what frustrates me when they're doing it, when they write it so that like life happens to them and they have no agency whatsoever. Exactly. Be it a male or a female, like I, mm-hmm. or, or an alien, you know, we're, we're not discriminating yeah. here on, like, on the bodies of gays. Completely owned her sexuality the mm-hmm. entire time. And then if we were talking about Yuri and Ice, Chris, that character Ooh. owned his sexuality, like completely. All of it. He was all about it. Even Victor. Victor, Victor owns his sexuality completely. Exactly. So, I mean, it can be done. You can have yeah. fan service and also have consent in an in a, in a animated or fictional sense. Right. Um, it doesn't have to be, oh, like, oh, my God, I accidentally fell on top right. of my, now you're in my boobs. Yeah, like, you know who does a really good job of really presenting consent gloriously? Um, Lucifer. Previously yes. on Fox, now on so excited netflix okay netflix so excited i'm a huge fan of the lucifer and he is game for whoever's hot is really what it boils down to and everyone that he engages is also equally and enthusiastically yes to lucifer there's never a like no i don't want it and then he keeps going my only question about that is he has the He's the devil, so like they're automatically attracted to him. So that's well, like a whole another. Well, no, because he doesn't control them. He just he asks them what their deepest desire is. But at the same time, like they can't, like the hormones that he. No, no, it's not like that. It's, it's not, not like, like that. that. Okay, because no, I, like I was under the impression that no, like, he does not like. Uh, is it glimmer with vampires? Yeah, he doesn't do that. No. Okay. He just like asks you what your deepest desire is and you answer it like truthfully you can't that you cannot stop so that's the one consent issue that he has that i have with him is that you cannot choose to not answer that question unless you're chloe which is a whole other thing we're not gonna answer right now but like he is like let's do this and if the person's like no he's like all right and they had that one episode where someone was trying to kill him or something and so they had to interview everyone he'd ever slept with. I remember that. Episode. And the line was like around the block. And it was a bunch of really pretty people of all pretty people. Like there was an everybody in there. And he was just like, that was glorious. <laughs> like, like that was really so, great. The moral um, is you can be. So yeah, so you could have, um, and you could say like, oh, well, you know, because he's interested in Chloe, then he must just be this. But he's very much a bisexual character in that show. Um, The other one who I really love, and yes, you can say there's a lot of problematic things about Doctor Who, Mm. but John Barrowman's character Mm. in that show, Captain Jack, is again like Lando. He's like, hey, you pretty. We can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't, and he, you know, does not discriminate on body shapes or anything like that either, gender. Um, I guess technically he would be pan because he also does aliens that may or may not have a binary. Yeah. So pan. Sexual pan organs. Like, I don't, you know, we don't know how that works, but um, he's game for finding out. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you could also say, because um, we were just talking about Lando. Yeah. So, I mean, Lando is pretty awesome. He's a, he's a dude of color. Also. Yeah. He is which a is, suave space pirate. Agreed. I would love to see more characters like Bayonetta. Yeah. Like Lando. Like, and they're of consenting age, too. Also. That's a big thing. Big thing. Not high schoolers. Or middle schoolers. What's with middle schoolers? With these upskirt shots, or even, even these stupid loophole where, oh, she's a hundred years old, but conveniently looks like an elementary school student. I'm is in like her current vessel is an elementary school girl. Yeah, I'm looking at. She's a hundred, you guys. Like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's not cool. And it's not. It's not cool. Or like the many, many series where I where the main character loves his little sister. A lot of incest. That's also a trope. Game of Thrones, ding, ding. But that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other show we're going to do, because it's apparently a huge thing. Yes. But sister complexes are... Let's get rid of them. (laughs) But, yeah, uh, you can... More of the story, like we said. You can have somebody sexually confident and still have fan service. And I feel like that's the direction we should be going. We, Soul Calibur was a step backwards. The rest yes. of E3 and where the medium is going, at least on the Western side of things, seems to be pretty good. Um, on the Eastern side of things, they seem to be, they need to catch up. But I feel like that's um, their culture in general, especially in yeah, and I do feel it's a cultural thing because they're not yeah. having the same kind of like a push yeah. in, in the zygast right now of, of Me Too movement and and addressing how that has obviously affected everything else in the discrimination of yeah. pay, of number of roles, of yeah. types of roles you're given where you're like only the girlfriend is in or girl at bar and you don't even have a name. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to generalize or um, speak considering I'm not Asian myself. Um, right. I lived in Japan for four years, so I have a little bit of insight from talking from people. But then again, where I lived, you know, it might be completely different than another area of Japan. Right. This is just exactly. based on my personal experiences and what I have seen and what I have heard from developers within like that sphere mm-hmm. but i mean it could be changing i don't know i'm not i'm not in the japanese video game industry but this is the impression i get based on the products that we are getting yeah. nintendo seems to be on the forefront of creating um and like smash brothers has a lot of female characters yeah and um Oh, what was the game that we played with the squids and the ink? Oh, Splatoon. Splatoon also has... Yeah. But um, I, I, I'm talking specifically... Yeah, I think Splatoon was developed actually by a Western... Oh, it's a yeah. different studio house? Okay. Yeah. But um, I know, I mean... Uh, I know Smash Brothers was definitely... Right. 
Japanese. So that's that's nice. I, maybe it's because Nintendo is family focused. Yeah. yeah. That we're seeing agency for women and whatnot. Um, but stuff, I mean, these fighting games, they're getting better, but not at the same rate as um, Western houses. Yeah, I would I would concur. And I, I feel it's just because you have more market pressure here than you would there. Because mm-hmm. nothing changes unless there's a risk of losing money. Yes. Put it that way. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. It's only when it starts being like, wait, 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 we're not going to get our return on this. Yeah, that's why Dragon Quest is been the same almost every year <laughs> and dynasty warriors i love that that's one of my problematic ones i love that freaking game mm-hmm. it's a butt smasher but i love you know unifying the three kingdoms through sword slashing mostly and uh problematic alliances between <laughs> kingdoms but but yeah they're, they're never gonna change that game guess what because the stories of the three kingdoms are the same <laughs> You can't go rewrite Chinese history. I mean, even when you try, it doesn't work out. But yeah, so I think um, there are definitely ways to address fan service and then either call it out and be like, that's not what actually we're not. We're not trying to fool you guys and con you. Like Yuri on Ice straight up in the first season was like, no, these two are in a relationship. Their beds are right next to each other. Like in, they took two twins and made a king. Um, they got rings and I saw somewhere on, on Pinterest, I don't read kanji or anything like that, that the, the receipt actually said marriage. Yes. So it's not even like, oh, they just got regular rings. No, like they're straight up in canon engaged. Yes. And I mean, if you compare it to other sports shows, they have those relationships and they just constantly tease. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, but my girlfriend is in another school. Or we like, or they all have an, an, an the same love interest, right? Everyone's after exactly the same girl, and no one gets her. Yes, exactly. So, and I they pine like, over her together. Mm-hmm. I would like to see if you're going to have that titillation of these or imply these relationships, just go all the way. Yeah, just follow through with it. Just follow through because we need more of that representation anyway. Yeah. Like, if you are going to tease it. I, ho- I hope that they learned something from Yuri on Ice because Yuri on Ice was a commercial success both uh, overseas in America and everything and Japan. Yeah. And they were openly gay. Yes. So, I mean, I don't know if... I feel like I feel it's like- the Black Panther of anime where it's like they kept saying, oh, we can't do this thing. We can't show it because it won't sell. In Yuri and Isis' case, it's like an actual same-sex guy relationship. And then it made all this boatloads of money. Yeah. I wonder if they only keep it ambiguous because they're like, well, if it's ambiguous, then we can have merchandise with characters from multiple ships and make more money. But that's not happening. So if stuff like Haikyuu and Free were openly gay, I feel like not only would the story benefit from this because we wouldn't yeah. have to just like read between the lines. And or, it won't, and you won't have these awkward interactions where you're like, 
was that gay or was that, you know, them just being <laughs> close friends? Like for free, I actually would love it if they weren't. Mainly because you never see males having such deep relationships. In like a platonic, yeah, because you, you're not allowed to. Because then you're it's not allowed to. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like, but, like, I would also like to see relationships too. Like, maybe mm-hmm. why not have two of them in a relationship and then the rest be platonic? Right, and then like, just, like, best friends. But yeah. legit best friends, not do they secretly kiss when the camera's not on them. Yes. And when it comes to BL fan service, I would just like to take the rape out. That would be great. Yeah, if we could just get rid of that, that'd be perfect. Yeah, that'd be great. Because it's not good for anyone who's the non powerful one. Again, consent. It's important. Enthusiastic uh, consent consent. is really what we need as well. Not just like, she sort of nodded yes, and so I kept going. Yeah, like, I feel like or he bit his lip. He must want it. And you're like, no, I mean, I want him to say like, yay, let's do it. Uh, I mean, that'd be kind of weird, but then it's not rape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Enthusiastic consent, I think is, I think just having a, a, a audible yes is not enough. I think that's like that really low, 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 low bar. Wait, and enough with the stupid women accidentally with their skirts and falling on men. Can we just stop? We stop with the upskirts because again, it has gotten to the point that it's such a societal issue in the East that both Japan and South Korea have had massive movements to circumvent the commonplace abuse that is going on. Regarding upskirting. So, uh, um, there's an arcade that was by our house, and well, every Japan, guy I mean, right? yeah, in Japan, and um, every guy would tell me the cool shit they got to do in the male bathroom. The women's bathrooms were the same everywhere, but in the bathroom, they had beware of people taking photos of upskirt shots. All around, if you have a problem, contact an employee. In the men's bathroom, their urinals had a peeing game where, like, if you could hold your pee on for so long, there was a video screen above the urinal. You could blow the wind enough to blow a skirt up. Like, oh my gosh, can we just talk about how you are perpetuating the problem you're trying to solve? Yes. That's, that's, oh, <laughs> that makes me so angry. I know, I know. So, I mean, enough. enough. Yeah, that's, it, and, and that puts all the onus on, in this case, the female. There was. They're like, oh, well, just don't wear skirts. There, there was a problem. So there are groups of men who have like a network where they tell people, you know, this is a good spot for sightings of upskirts. But the thing is, they have a problem during exam season, university exams, or because I think they, there are only so many testing locations, something like that. Anyways, these girls come in droves to go take oh tests. My gosh. And so the 
stations like a are drive. Yes. And so these men get on the train and they take pictures and they touch. And these women can't fight back because they could <laughs> report it, but they're going to be late for their test. Right. And then they. So fight. these guys know that they can get away with it. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, it is a problem. So, like, stop showing you creators yeah, so stop, of anime. That'd be stop, great. Stop, stop, stop. Stop normalizing it because clearly it's not doing society it's any good. One thing if a girl lifts up her skirt and is yes. like, oh boy, there we go, because she consented. Even yes. if it's the character. Yes. Fine, I will whatever. take that over. I will um, take that over the gratuitous bursts of wind and. Or just the camera shots from the ground. Yeah. Like you're like, who? What? I mean, it's not even just pants. It's like pantsu. Sorry. It's not even just that. It's also the shots of like where you get the midsection of the girl and then you get to her feet because it's also a fetish for the stockings. Like right. I, for, there's actually a word for like the space in between the stocking and like the, the skirt. skirt. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. So let's just stop. That's stop, great. stop, stop. Like that, there's no compromise on that. I would like to see that gone. Yeah, because it does not serve a story. Mm-hmm. In the slightest. There's no point. There's no point. There's no point. No. Not even. I tried to like Blue Reflection. I really did. The story was great. But you know who never found out what the story was? The art department. They were like, this is all about our girls. We're going to have them doing splits for no reason. We're just going to have like, it seriously looks like a dude laid down on the floor with the camera and then went straight up. And you're like, why is this a shot in this show? I mean, in this game. But yeah, so upskirts, I'm sorry, but you do not make the grade as far as continuing to be on the things that we love. Um, Too problematic. I I think, I mean... Those are our biggest complaints and those were what we want to see fixed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be a long time. But I think it's coming. I think like the, yeah. the I swing think, is going in that direction. In that direction. Yeah. In that direction. And hopefully we'll see that in our lifetime. Woohoo! But I want to thank everybody for listening to us rant and rave about, about our... Uh, our gripes with some of our favorite shows because I mean we griped and whatnot but a lot of these shows we still love yeah I mean we they they still have some sort of impact on us enough that we want to we just want to improve on them yeah I mean it's just a less um well a less rapey world would be great (laughs) and just to have it so that especially when there's no reason it doesn't move the plot it's unnecessary i feel like that's when we we really are diving into tropes Mm -hmm. where it's just lazy yeah it's like you could tell a better story like we already talked about yuri on ice told a better story um it's not a terribly 100 original story because it's not like they're the first two men who ever fell in love Mm -hmm. um nor openly gay 
figure skaters. Like there's also those. So that's not like groundbreaking. But what was groundbreaking is that they went up to the line where everyone was so conditioned as a viewer that, ah, well, they're just going to end up being really good friends. Or Yuri's going to fall in love with some chick. And they kept pushing the friend. This is like friend from forever onto him. And then all of a sudden they're like, nah, this is legit. Like we're going all the way to forward. And I think the financial um, response that they received is going to be, even if the creators or the directors of these publishing houses don't espouse those same opinions, I think their wallets are going to talk and they're going to allow that content to now be uh, put out and consumed by us because clearly there's a market for it. There is a market for less problematic stuff that we will still love. Yes. Yay. So thanks for listening. Um, This is our first episode, so feel free to give us feedback. Um, And we'll see you next month, I guess. Yeah, it was great. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. 